Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode number 61 for Monday, April 18th, 2016. folks and welcome to gig gab the working musicians podcast by for and about weekend warriors here in durham new hampshire i'm dave hamilton you're in las gatas california it's paul kent how are you my friend i'm doing pretty good how are you doing i'm doing all right it's been uh it's been a crazy week did you gig this weekend um I'm trying to remember <laughs> busy day huh i had an acoustic gig last thursday and then okay. the band actually has got this is the last three weekends in a row. The house rockers don't have anything for three weeks. And then pretty much for the rest of the, until October, we're, we're, we're good to go. Flat out. Yeah. 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 Flat out. Yeah. I got a uh, funny feedback from people thinking it was very amusing that you and I finally had a disagreement after 60 episodes. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, it, you know, it was interesting. Um, that that topic sort of surfaced itself when it did. I, you know, I've been thinking uh, in in my head. I I need. I I want. Uh, you know, another like full band project, and and so that that had been there. Um, not not to replace Fling by any stretch, but you know, Chafe doesn't gig a whole lot, and uh, and it was funny because during that episode, I said something that actually came back and really helped me later in the week. Um, that night, shortly after we finished recording, I, uh, I actually went and played with some other guys. They'd reached out to me and they're like, we need a drummer and it's a trio, which, you know, I like, and they, they're real go-getters and they've got gigs. And so I went and played with them. And as an, as an aside, the rehearsal thing was interesting. They have a great rehearsal setup other than the fact that it's not soundproofed. So they have to keep volume really, really low. And so I walked in and I knew that they were, they had electronic drums, which was fine. You know, they're like, we have an e-drum set, just bring like a pedal and a, you know, a, a stool or whatever. And uh, so it was cool. And, you know, I sat down, but I realized, hey, there's no vocal microphones anywhere. And everything, they kept the volume low enough so that you could just sing into the air. Wow. So you could hear everything perfectly. <laughs> it was an interesting thing. I mean, obviously you can't, well, I mean, you, you, you could do gigs for like four people that way, but um, you know, you can't, you can't gig that way, but it was an interesting solution to that, um, to that problem. And I wanted to share that here. Wait, wait, the solution was you sing into the air and that becomes the benchmark for what you have to play under. And that forces you to rehearse quietly. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting, but it, you know, I was also thinking about it and of course I haven't played with these guys on stage and I'm not going to be, uh, to kind of jump to the end, but I'll explain why um, that, uh, I, you know, I wondered, well, I, I wonder what this would do to a band, you know, rehearsing regularly and then playing live Do, do the vocals. Do, do you do you get in the habit of doing that live more than you might in another scenario? And that could be a really good thing. It, so know. I have a friend, uh, one of the best musicians I know, my friend Doug Booth in San Diego. We went to high school together. We played in bands together. We were roommates together after high school. Doug is an incredible musician. And he played he played in a very, very successful corporate band out of San Diego. They, you know, this was the type of band that 
big companies would fly all over the world to play their parties. And the band was called Rock Ola. And uh, they were together for a long time. And Doug told me that their rehearsals were very quiet, very focused on vocals and form, not not focused on performance. Right. That, you know, they knew what to do. They took the stage. Yeah. That, that you know, they, they were really very specific about what they rehearsed. Yeah. And how they rehearsed. So I guess it can be done. I can't imagine it. It's like so foreign from anything I've ever done. I know. uh, Yeah. Well, you know, especially after you'd said, you know, that uh, I forget what the term you used for your house rockers rehearsals, but it's like survival mode. It's like, whoa, no. Rehearsals can actually be enjoyable, man. It should be. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, so, you know, so I played with these guys and I really liked them. Uh, Their schedule would have kind of fit exactly, you know, what would work for me. Nice guys, like all the important things were hit and the material is, you know, just like general business stuff. So, you know, all the songs that, that, you know, and uh, it was like, okay, yeah, I could just step right into this and it would be great. Except I think, and, and I said this during the last show and I'm glad that I did. I said, you know, when I was playing with Groove Syndicate, which is a band that was kind of doing stuff like like you guys do, maybe even uh, maybe even a little more heady, but not really. I mean, we were still, you know, catering to people and, uh, uh-huh. you know, dancing people. So it was kind of like, you know, a horn band thing. But that's a different kind of thing than just going out and and rocking through, you know, general business songs all night. So uh, so I, I kind of, you know, as I got home and I'm like, oh, these this would fit. And if it was 10 years ago, I probably would have taken it. Um, just because it, it was easy and, and all of that, but I know what I want and I'm not in any rush, you know? And so it's like, now to be fair to these guys and be fair to myself, I got to say no, uh, you know, what, what was it that you said no to playing with them? They, they no, would no, be, I, I they, just mean, you haven't said specifically what you know that they would be doing that you didn't want to do. Oh, just the, the, the material. Oh, the material. Yeah. So yeah. creative differences. Yeah, but but not, I mean, I listen, I like playing all those songs. I play them with Fling all the time. I play them with Chafed whenever Chafed plays. I mean, it's, the, you know, it's all those same tunes. But I knew that musically it wasn't going to push me in a different direction. And to me, that's the whole point of playing with, with other variety. people. The variety. Yeah. It's not like you I, like all music. You, 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 your, your expression as a musician is about your ability to entertain all different types of styles. Correct. That's really interesting. So yep. I then, get that at, and, a, at an intellectual basis, but I don't get that at a, at a creative basis, which is, it should be the other way around. Right. I like what I like. I mean, it's really, sure. it is, it is who I am. It's what I listen to when I'm not playing it. And, you know, I, I it, my whole life is about that expression of that vibe. Yep. Not, not needing all different vibes. Yeah. 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 I learned, I, you know, and I, I think, I think part of it is growing up um, and really liking music that no one would come out to see or, or, or most other musicians didn't care to play. Like, you know, being in, in it totally like way into prog rock yeah. and jazz and that kind of thing growing up. It was like, well, 
if you dude, if you want to play gigs, you got to join this band that just played, you know, the cure and the police. And I, this was like, a, I mean, this rocked my world, but these, you know, that's actually what happened is these guys asked me, we played a battle of the bands at the high school together. And I did this crazy prog thing and the drum solo and, you know, all this other stuff. And these guys just came out and played like, just like heaven or something. And, and uh, in fact, it wasn't just like heaven or something. It was just like heaven. And, and I think they also played message in a bottle. And they killed it. But, you know, it was like, well, th- that's just the cure, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I got to see, but, you know, it was, it, I had to reconcile this thing. Like, wow, they, they actually just put on a great performance, but it was this cure song. And it was like, I, I, I have to hate the cure, right? You know, <laughs> and, and, and then they asked me, you know, even like, uh, you know, I started having these thoughts about it. And then they asked me to, to join the band because their drummer wasn't really part of it or whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I need to do that. But what that did was it set me up to go and play. And then, of course, once I got in the band, I actually realized, wow, I like these songs. You know, there's I mean, and when I play something, there's always there's always, for me, there's some redeeming quality about every song. And so I'm really open when I'm in a band. In fact, the the thing I do the least is suggest songs of my own. I, you know, I really just become the chameleon that plays what everybody, everybody, everybody else wants to play. And occasionally they'll be like, do you have anything you want to suggest? I'm like, well, maybe, yeah, you, you guys want to listen, you know, and it, and it's usually stuff that fits. Cause I've learned, you know, what, what to suggest and what not to suggest. And, you know, you got to play songs that make sense for that lineup and all of that. But, right. but I think that set me up for, for a lifetime of that. Perhaps. So it, I don't know. I, you know, I'm self-analyzing here. I'm what do I Yeah. Know? Well, I think it's, it's actually interesting. Both you and I walked away from last week's conversation, disagreement, professional, mm-hmm. you know, totally civil disagreement. Sure. But I think we both were thinking about it like, you know, here we are, two buddies who respect each other, like each other, have a lot where our areas cross over. But this was a very interesting, took 60 episodes and we found like a glaring difference in our approach to things. And we and from where we're starting today. We're still in that difference. You know, we're still oh, like it's not evaluating change. that. No, yeah. no, no. I, nor am I, I'm not going to try and change your mind. And I'm not going to try and change yours. Right. Right. Yeah. But it, it had me actually thinking, what is success? Right. And, and I, I know I have to remind myself that my myopic, you know, tunnel vision view of the world, it's what drives me, you know, and it, and it served me well, as, sure. as I'm sure your vision has served you well. But it's an interesting thing to think about, you know, what what is and we, we've touched on this in different ways, but I think it'd be fun to kind of just drill into this. So for you, success as a musician is a very different thing than my perspective of success as a musician. Actually, I have a couple of things to share with you that are going to surprise you a little bit. But I thought if it's cool with you, let's just kind of riff a little bit. You know, what, what are we doing here? You know, what, what, what is the fulfilling thing? You've said many times it's those unsaid moments on stage. That is, that's a not replicable experience, but you don't only need that playing rush music. You evidently, no. you can do that playing big bands and show tunes and, and all this type of stuff. Yeah. I had a, a theater rehearsal yesterday, um, which, which will feed part of this. And maybe this desire to, to, you know, add another project will go away because this theater thing is, you know, these theater things that come up kind of a couple times a year for me now uh, are great, right? They totally feed that. Like, you want to get really cerebral about music? Man, go, you know, back, back up a cast of people yeah. singing and dancing and you cannot get it wrong. 
you know, and it has to be right, but it also has to groove and you've got to serve the music. So there are most moments all the time in theater pits and you as an audience member, you hopefully never notice them. But, you know, those magic moments of like, oh, crap, <laughs> you know, so either we screwed something up or somebody on stage did and it can't look like anybody screwed up. You know, it doesn't I, matter that that guy just skipped five lines of this performance. We're going to end with him because that's what looks good, you know. So, yeah. 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 So let me try this again. So Go ahead. I want to I want to lay my perspective on you and, and see and really hear how you feel about it. So, sure. My perspective is that if your definition of success, and, and maybe we'll start right there, is that, you know, as the leader, my job is to lay out, here's what we are, here's what we're working for, here's what we're doing. If, you, if I offer you the gig and you decide to choose to join our band, you're buying into this. And so this perspective that bands are hard things to keep together in the first place, um, they're hard to get right in the first place. All this stuff is in the first place. Um, and if you want to be in a band and you want a band to be successful, A, having the same people who are well-rehearsed, well-familiar, have spent the time to get to know each other. You know, this is these are the things that will make a band successful. If you subs, even if they're good subs, you're going to have to dumb down your show to some degree yep. and it's not as good a show as it could have been. You never know who's in the audience that could offer you that bigger paying job or that, you know, bigger exposure job or whatever it is. And so that, that is the core of my perspective on this is that, you know, we're putting together something that is a promise to your audience that when you come see us, it's going to be these guys and we're inviting you to get to know these guys and, you know, you'll have your favorites. There are people out there who love the bass player, who love the guitar player, who love the trumpet player, whatever it may be, yep. even the drummer. They, they might even love the drummer. And I, I've heard of this, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I thankfully, I think I met the one woman in the world that uh, that buys into that particular concept. So it's, it's all <laughs> you good. You scooped her up pretty quick. That's, That's smart. Right. Yep. But that that is the essence of my of my premise here is that is that a band is a promise to an audience that if you come see us, it will be this. And if you're not pretty strict about the this, about the, the qualitative experience for your audience, you're, you're playing with um, your brand is inconsistent you know, from I, a business standpoint. Yep. So the interesting thing about the, the, what you just laid out is I don't disagree with you one iota. Not even a little bit um, where, where our current projects differ is in the frequency that we collectively want to play out. Right. Uh, and that's not to say that my theater gigs don't get in the way of fling gigs or vice versa. And sometimes I've had to turn down, you know, theater jobs because I've had, you know, previously booked fling gigs or whatever. Uh, it happens. But I think. If, if I could, if I could sum it all up, I would say that the the math equation for this is subs versus frequency, right? Because you and I both agree on subs. How many subs there should there be at any gig? And the answer is zero. Yeah. All the time, a hundred percent of the time, there should be zero subs. Um, that's not to say that there's not those fun moments dealing with a sub, right? Or being the sub. 
because, you know, that kind of creates the opportunities for, hey, we got to communicate a little more than we we might because we don't know you, <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of thing. But but it the gig is never the, the product you deliver is never as good as it could be. A gig from the musician standpoint might actually be more fun with a sub, right? Because it changes things and it, it, it creates some of that. But you know that you're not delivering a good product. So because of that, subs are zero. Unless I'm being asked to sub on a gig, then subs one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's the frequency of the gigs, right? For And I, and I you know, kind of said this in a different way last week. Uh, your band, you're, you're, you're just like you said, you're about to start a three gig a week average basically until October. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got three weeks off and then, and then, you know, and then that happens. I, I, if I was in your band, I couldn't take a, a theater gig, even a one weekend run of a theater gig. It wouldn't work, but, you know, let alone be in another band. It, it just, there's no time. And right? you, you're the groups that you're in. You have a tacit agreement. It's not tacit. Like- it's not tacit. It's explicit. I, and I explicit. think it has to be explicit. So as I'm saying, so, so fling is we're going to play once a month or whatever the number is. Yeah, and couple- in that, in that understood once a month, there are other weekend days to fill. And so, you know, it, and does, does fling get first preference until a certain amount of time? No, no, we haven't had to. I get get what you're saying. Like, look, leave these dates open for fling until 30 days, 30 days days out or 60 days out, whatever the number is that everybody agrees to. No, we don't do that typically. Um, In fact, we don't do that. It and and there have been those times when fling's been offered a gig and one of us can't do it for a variety of reasons. I mean, I'm pretty much the only other one that plays in other projects that might get in the way. And that certainly happened where it's like, Hey, can you play? Nope. Sorry. I'm, I'm already booked. Um, but you know, other guys, it's like, well, I've got to, you know, travel for work or I've got, you know, vacation with my kids again, you know, when, when we have had this conversation, it comes up, I don't know, once a year, maybe, you know, just re kind of resyncing on that thing. And it's once or twice a month is good for fling. Yeah. Is that, is that number? And so, yeah, things get in the way, but it, it works out because the number isn't 12 times a month. Yeah. I hear you. And, and I'm actually, I'm sitting here listening to you and my stomach is like in knots here because <laughs> I, it is impossible for me to understand a, um, if you have these guys that you like making music with, why, how do you throttle it back to that? I just don't understand the limits on that. And trust me, my wife is reminding me on a daily basis that I don't understand the limits of that. But, but, um, to me, a band is a, it's a social cause, you know, it is a expression of friendship. It's an expression of unity. It is something that you put together because, um, you want to try and mean something to people and how to throttle that. I mean, you know, I can understand not 10 times a month or once a week, maybe, but anything less. And then, then actually the part that has my stomach upside down is how do you keep something like that together? When it's loose, people just will tend to naturally get interested in other things yeah. and drift to those other things. And then, you know, what is the core that you're holding together? If it's not, I'm going to keep you working. If it's, and even if it's friends who, who, you know, like seriously, Dave, you know, could you imagine getting something that was really perfect for you? And since you kind of got this time on your hands, 
I'm going to actually start spending a little bit more time with that and having to tell your buddies, you know, this thing came along and you might not, I'll just let you answer that question. So, so I've always been on a mission to keep my band working, to keep my band together. Yep. Yeah. It is astounding that fling has been a band for, you know, with me in it. Well, in its current lineup, uh, I think we're at eight years and I'm, I'm the second newest guy, right? Because our bass player joined about a year after, uh, after I did. Sure. Uh, But it is astounding that at that, level you know at that frequency of gigs and some there are months where we have no gigs and that's not good for me personally i you know i need to play out right mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah it's it it's astounding but but not i mean if it it's astounding from the outside i, I it is what i'm saying from within fling it's like the, the of course we're together uh, you know it's it's almost like a bad habit but it's not bad you know what i mean you just you keep doing it because why wouldn't you why would you not it's we we enjoy like all the things you said are true about fling we get along really well we like hanging out with each other um it's good it's it's a good you know break from everyday life uh we have fun at the gigs it it's all this one thing and you know it's not it's like any family, right? There, there are things we disagree on. There are things we have to sort out and compromises are made. And I mean, all of that stuff that happens in a band, it's not uh, obviously not perfect. And we've talked about some of those things. So, but, but you don't have to, it's not a band. Well, when I joined fling, they weren't playing gigs at all. Mm -hmm. It was, which was weird for me, right? Cause I got to New Hampshire. I had young kids. I'm like, I don't ever want to rehearse. I just want to play some gigs. So I found a band that, you know, I, I think I put a thing on Craigslist or something, you know, and said, don't have any time to rehearse, just want to play. I mean, it was like this thing. Why would anybody respond to a drummer that, that says that? Well, the right okay. people would. And I had three or four people, you know, reach out. And then I wound up playing with that, that female fronted with knockoff. That was that female fronted classic rock band for a long time. And, um, and, and so I was playing with them. And then actually it was my son who met Russ's son at, uh, mommy and me yoga class, believe it or not. And so the two moms got talking and found out that their husbands played instruments and liked to play. And, and his wife invited me sight unseen to a band rehearsal. They were having that Friday night without really consulting with Russ. So, you know, it was like, you should come over and play with the guys. I'm like, okay. And it was (laughs) really, it was, it was my, which, which went totally against everything. Cause I was this like music is to be played for gigs. Only this rehearsal thing is a waste of time. Right. At that point in my life. But I, we'd been here about a year and I realized, no, you know, I need like bowling night. I got to meet other guys, like other dads and, and like get into the community here. So that's what fling was for me initially. And then some of the guys were like, wait, you're out playing gigs, aren't you? And I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, I got the the, the oh, band yeah. that plays. Yeah, of course. It's like, we should play some gigs. I'm like, well, sure. I'd, I'd play gigs. You know, I, I already do. And and so that's how Fling really started gigging. We You know, we do some like neighborhood barbecues or whatever that people would get. And then one of the guys, Mike, was like, I want to play bar gigs. I'm like, okay. He's like, so I'm going to call some bars. Like, well, awesome. <laughs> you know? And then it worked out. So, yeah, Fling is... Um, Maybe Fling's unique, but I don't think it is. I think there's a lot of bands that exist like this that are just. I, I have 
Did you meet my friend Steve French? He played in uh, Black Sunday Roadshow with me. I talked about him on the show the other day. Yeah, you talked about him. I I never met him, no. So Steve has um, a, a, a band called The Bird Dogs. They're a bunch of friends that have been together nearly 50 years. Mm. They're still a band, technically, but the stars have to line up to get all of them. I think there's just four of them to get them all together. But, you know, they're still a band and they're, you know, they they have meant something to different people in different ways over the years. And now it's kind of like when they get together, it's, it's like a, from what I understand, it's it's kind of like a an interesting reunion of these old friends when they mm. get together and, and their collective followers and sure so i I get it intellectually at some level but um and again this may be my own mental health issues but you know i I, what it feels like we are musicians so we we i mean it goes without saying that we all have our own little you know quirks and idiosyncrasies that we bring to the table yeah right yeah so i'm i i feel like what i'm trying to do is build something it it feels Mm. like I feel like I'm trying to build a cause and this, what success looks like for me in the house rockers, of course, playing great music is number one, but success is, you know, there's a very tangible number of gigs and amount of money that you make that are the real easy scorecards to pull out. And anything that detracts from the ability to do that is really, really hard for me to digest. But let me say like with, with, when I play the acoustic stuff, that's very different. Success for me, and actually one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation, because I think about guys who are playing different type of music that is, or girls, different types of music that is really meaningful to them. Yeah, we, we're both people that were born in, in uh, the Northeast. So guys, you guys is a phrase <laughs> you, that means guys. every, it's like y'all in, in the <laughs> South. It just means everyone. It's, Global. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it means everybody. It's all inclusive. So when I play acoustic music, it's much more about um, trying to uh, get that feeling of of communicating a, a, a an emotion. So, and I was thinking about this a lot because the last couple of gigs and you know the different places that I play, it is really challenge when I play a room and I'm background music. I don't know whether that's ego mm-hmm. or or what the deal is, but if 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 I'm not doing, and I wonder, is this a reflection of my ability to do my job? So if I go into a, a, a restaurant or a bar, and if and if if I can't get people to, you know, at least partially, if not completely, focus on what I'm doing, listen to the the words of the song that I'm singing, pay attention to the nuance of the guitar parts that I'm playing. If I can't, and I I actually worry about this quite a bit. Is am I not doing my job well if I can't stop a room from doing what they naturally do, eat, drink, talk? Um, and you know, I, I know the intellectual answer. You know, people, you know, at a bar, not there for me. And it, it's a little bit naive to expect that I'm going to turn every room that I go into into a concert hall. Right, right. But that that is the tension in my acoustic success for me is the ability to get people to listen. You know, and and sometimes you do this through repertoire. Sometimes you do this through just this, the, the power of your vibe and your performance. But so the success there is a little bit different measured. I spent all weekend uh, playing Dave Matthews music this weekend. Like I haven't picked up, I haven't thought about his songs in a long time. And, mm. and, and I, I bring this up for a very specific reason. You know, I play my solo acoustic, which um, I have been lulling myself back into play stuff that people can sing along with. You're there just to make people happy and have a, have a memory. 
And then I also play with Acoustic Madness, which plays, I'd say the bulk of this stuff is kind of early 70s AM radio, soft rock type stuff. That's what Acoustic <laughs> Madness rock. is there. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, uh, and I'm trying to think, so maybe I should differentiate my repertoire quite a bit. Would success ah. feel better if I could say, I'm going to play music that you're not hearing from someone else on my terms. And we, I know we've had this conversation at least yeah. half a dozen times over the years. What is, what is it? Give people what they want. Give people what they need. That kind of is what I feel like, you know, our job, even though, you know, we're not, we're not solving world hunger. This is our art. And maybe that's what it should be. And I told you, I have this one buddy who plays all fifties and sixties sing along stuff. He draws great. He makes people happy. That doesn't feel like what I want to do with my music. So my, my version of success is a little bit different with the solo acoustic stuff is I would like to move at least one person every time I play. So there's so many things I want to say, but (laughs) the snarky side of me just can't keep myself from saying, you know, these acoustic gigs are actually another project that you play in. You you know, Uh you you are doing more than one thing. Well, I can actually answer that. Okay. Here's the answer to that. Sure. Um, I didn't want to. Um, but what happened is, is a couple of my guys in my band, the heroin, it feels so good. That's right. No, literally I, I was all in with my project. Yep. And then a couple of guys in my band started being not available. And Uh, I was like, I'm not going to sit home on a Friday or Saturday night when I could be playing. Sure. And that's how these other things started. Okay. I let black Sunday go because that was just too much time and effort. And right now, and and you know, this is actually the best part of it. There's an element of truth to this. What is your soul? What is your gut telling you? What is your, yeah. what is your conscience speaking to you? I am enjoying the house rockers so much. Now all the new music we've had, I am back to pretty much all in there. Yeah. I, I will work the acoustic stuff around the house rockers pretty much. Sure. And well, and you have the flexibility to do that because you're the one that books yeah. the house rockers. And I think, I think that's another difference between our current scenarios. Um, you and I are more alike than we are different in, in, in these particular ways. And we're both competitive people, right? You know, if I was booking the gigs for fling, I think eventually I would get exactly to the point that you are or very close to it. Like I want to be playing all the time. We got to be doing this and this and this and you know, all of that stuff I've been, because I've done that, you know, and and I've been burned on that. Uh, if if we rewind to my college days, I played in a band called Go Figure, uh, mostly original music. I mean, we we played some covers, but we were an original band. We sold CDs. We were uh, we actually started doing really well uh, on the college circuit, kind of where we were. You know, I mean, we were playing gigs. Like people would come. There would be a thousand plus people at gigs to see us play the songs that we had written. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they, these were big gigs. And uh, and our singer uh, was the one who drove us to that point. Uh, he was booking all the gigs and, and all that. I mean, we were all doing our things. I was in charge of the mailing list and the finances. And we sort of, you know, divided the labor up. Uh, but he was the book, one booking the gigs. And then he kind of burned out on it. And so I picked up the reins because it was like, well, we got this great thing. And I pushed it along and then guys started like either dropping out or, you know, things got weird. And so I got burned on that. And perhaps because of that, I've never really reengaged on that. You know, I, I mentioned that I've been trying to push some things and I put some things together for fling. And lately, probably because of you, 
and these conversations we have every week. I've been doing more of that. But if I were the the chief booker for Fling and and really like all in, I, I, we'd probably you know be right in sync on that. But and this uh, is where we started last week because I said yeah. as a band leader, I yeah. get it from a musician standpoint. Yeah. Although I would challenge it and say it's self defeating because. If you are a sideman or, or a band member, let's just call it a band member because a sideman kind of minimalize, minimalizes the participation. If you are a band member, you probably will have a better chance to make one project absolutely great and working and financially more viable than if you put your eggs into many different baskets and say, well, because that means at any one time of your many projects, you are making any one of your projects less than it could less be. than it could be. No, I, I don't disagree with you there at all. No, it, it it's self-defeating if the goal is for one of those projects to be or for one project, not one of those, because we just said it has to, if it's going to be one, it's got to be one uh, for, you know, if, if you want to make one project great. But, yes. it you know, again, it comes down to that that definition of success. What is your definition of success? I, I like to play all kinds of different music. And and so it, I could I could choose to do what I'm currently doing, which is I've got, you know, some time for my kids, some time for my businesses, and then some time for playing music in a variety of ways, in a variety of styles. And, and it, it, it does feed me for the most part. Again, this, you know, I was in, I had been in a lull with this theater thing. And then, like I said, yesterday, the rehearsal for this new one just picked up. And so now I'm less, you know, antsy about finding another band or whatever. Uh, but that, that's one definition of success. The yes. other is take one project and drive it as far as you possibly can. Right. I mean, it, you know, and there's, there's, that, that it's, isn't a binary thing. I'm sure there's a third and a fifth and a 12th, you know, definition of success. But any one of if I just take those two, I have to sacrifice what I get out of the other for, for that one. Right. But to me, both of those are successful. If we're talking about definitions of success, which is what I, we're doing. Uh, Yes. If you can find projects that support and are not at odds with your definition of success. Yeah. So if by, if your definition is to play multiple types of music and if you can find multiple groups that can be okay with that, I, I guess I react to it almost since I started the, um, the tension was in, well, you know, we got to get gigs yeah. and, and we got to make money. Right. Yeah. So, you know, to have really good players, they want two things. They don't want to sit in a, in a rehearsal room. They want to play and they want to make money. And so, you know, the path to me for that specific, if that is your goal, maybe that's what we're saying. Quantity of gigs and making money and playing multiple different types of musics, music, those things are difficult to have coexist. You can't have them coexist. I, I mean, unless you've got... Unless you're the guy in your neighborhood and you're the first call and, you know, you're that sub who everybody needs, you know, somebody needs a sub every week and you're always going to get a call every weekend because you're that good. But you're not going to get the first call. I, I, I've been that guy. I'll tell you. I mean, I'm a pretty good drummer and I can play a lot of different styles. I'm certainly not the best drummer, but I'm pretty good. But you will not continue to get. It doesn't matter how good you are. If you say no, maybe. The first time, if you're really, really good, you say no the first time because you're already booked. They call you again for the next one. 
right? Yeah. You say no the third time, it ain't going to happen again. Right. You know, maybe a year later, they're, they're at the bottom of their list and they've circled back around. Like, I wonder if that guy's available. Uh, I mean, he, never, he wasn't a year ago, but you know what? Things change. We really wanted him then. Things change. Let's see what happens. Um, but you my know, observation is that there's a lot of guys who fancy that they are that guy that um, they, that their personal brand is that they're the greatest hired gun that you can have. Mm-hmm. And, and really that, that, that persona of the hired gun is what they grew up thinking music is about. Sure. That you can, and, you know, and again, we, we can go into this, but right, the number right, of guys yeah. who can really deliver the goods that are that good is very, very small yep. who can walk into anything and, you know, and, and play any type of music and be entertaining. So actually the number of, there's a bunch of people who fancied themselves to be that, but to my experience, the number of guys who can do that I, in our band, um, our book is pretty challenging, right? Yeah. A, we have yeah. a lot of stuff going on. I'm a little players, worried about it, to be honest. Well, you for know. horn players, it's a very demanding blow and a very long blow. Yep. And we actually have had guys who've been recommended to us as very good players. They couldn't. They couldn't blow that. Couldn't much. stay you know, they, all night. Yeah, yeah right. they couldn't. Yeah. And and so you know, there's that thing. But uh, there are many musicians that that's what they think being a musician is. Is you know, I I, I don't want to join a band. I want to get the calls. Yeah. And then they get to, I want to work a lot and I want to make money. And, you know, hard. are there really guys? It is. That is very hard. You, it, but you're getting it, to see my position that as a band leader, there is no greater disappointment than busting your butt to get your band into a certain venue that you really want to get to only to find out you're not going to have your A team to deliver that band. To yeah. Deliver that gig. Yeah. I, heartbreaking. I, I tend not to. I certainly don't want to play in bands where there's even the option of where there's even the discussion about the A team, because to me, that's not a band, but I mean, that's just a pickup gig, but, but like in the jazz world, that happens all the time, right? All the time. time. And I've even played rock gigs where that happens all the time. You know, everybody shows up, they know their GB tune, their general business tunes, you know, and uh, it's like, all right, great. We're going to play. I don't know. You know, you may be right. Okay, everybody know it. Yep, we're in this key. Yep. All right, I'll sing it. Great. Let's go. You know, and you play it. It's like awesome. But it's no different than going and playing, uh, you know, four or April in Paris at a jazz gig. It's like, yep, we all know the tune. We all come at it with from slightly different ways. You know, the bass player is going to play it this way. Oh, that's cool. You know, there's, there's but it is different with jazz. That's the point. Is like that's what jazz it, is. It's not you're that starting different with a common with well, rock you're starting with a common under well. The, well, th- this is where I'll differ from you, and here's why. That's what jazz is. There's this basic understanding of of, uh, of a fake book, and but it's really all about the improvisation parts of it, and that's that's mm. a large part of what you go to see. But that's in true. rock, that's true. Everybody trying to play the same rock songs. That's where you get stuck in this, you know, really bad renditions of of, of uh, <laughs> Bad Moon Rising, yeah. you know, or, or Mustang Sally. And the thing is, if you want to be in a successful rock group we were talking about what, what makes you stand out. This goes back to that discussion because yeah. to my mind, what are you doing to that fake book stuff? Cause it's not, it's not like jazz where it's, it's all in the improvisation. I think it's more in the show. It's more. It's true. In the, you're right. You're right. And, no, you're right. Yeah. 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 You, you don't typically have the room for the improv in, uh, in the fake book of rock, if you will. 
But That's right. It, yeah, I mean, it, I know it actually it might exist, but you know what? It, it's this term general business that I've been throwing around. I, I, I didn't hear this term until 10 years ago when I moved to, or 11 years ago when I moved to New Hampshire, everybody talked about GB tunes. I played gigs for two years where people are talking about, Oh, we're just playing GB. Like these tunes are in other keys, guys. You know, what are you talking about? And they're like, Oh, general business songs. I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah, that makes sense. That's that's a term for a rock fake book. Yeah, just we're playing GB tunes that, that in really? in like Massachusetts and Southern New Hampshire. Never heard that. I, right, I grew up in Connecticut. You know, whatever, three hundred miles from here. Never heard that term. Got here, it's all GB, general business. But it makes sense, right? It's the fake that's, book of rock. It's like you know, are you going to play Sweet Home Alabama or Mustang Sally or you know all those tunes that everybody just kind of knows? You're going to play rock, yeah. but that's the point. Rock does not lend itself well to that. Rock to, the, to those improvisations. No, I mean there. No, is, no, it doesn't lend itself well to lowest common denominator thinking about these songs. I mean, those songs were magic for a very. We, we talked about this. Yeah, day. No, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on this. Yeah, you're there, right. There is there is magic to the original "Sweet Home Alabama," and there's magic to Wilson Pickett singing singing "Mustang Sally" that has gotten so horribly dumbed down over the years. Yeah, the songs have become, you know, dare I say, jokes. But but you know, that's the deal. Is that the, the art form of rock music is about immediacy and about connection with an audience and about uh, energy and about passion. And that's what it's communicating. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not communicating these, you know, usually overtly intellectual concepts. Right. It's right. Yeah, when, you, when you go see a band, a jazz combo play, whatever, four by Miles Davis. Okay, great. Well, that's a tough head to get through. Yeah. And let's see if the band can do it. But you're in on that, right? Yeah. As the audience member, you're like, well, I know that maybe the sax player and the bass player aren't going to quite hit, you know, that that third measure the same way because this song's cooking. But they're going to try their best and they're going to have fun with it. And we're going to have fun watching them have fun with it. And then where it gets interesting and where the actual good music comes from is when they've got the the, the head done and now the sax player is taking a solo through the form of the tune. It's yep. like, ah, okay. Well, now we're in the musical realm of this, you know? Yeah. You know, you're right. Yeah. You're totally right. It's interesting as a rock and roll player, you know, all my horns and I think all horns, you know, they they want to be jazz players. I mean, <laughs> they want to be Miles Davis. They want to, you know, yeah. you know, they, they have their heroes and that is their, and it's really a very beautiful thing when you can watch, Again, there's a lot of really bad jazz. There's a, rot, a lot of really of bad course. blues. There's it, a lot of really bad. That, that would be blues. Actually, is it can you can do the fake book thing and and it and it works. That's right. Blues, similar to rock and roll, to me is that it um, the the simpleness of blues belies why it's so good. It's not because it's simple, I, or or you could say in the beauty of its simplicity. But a lot of people take the simplicity and and you get a lot of lazy blues out there that is just you know yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think I, you know, I could go on about this. I think a lot of people like the blues because they perceive a lot of music consumers like the blues because they perceive that it conveys some kind of um, class or or, or huh. intellectual, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's in, the jazz. It's the jazz of rock and roll. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but I, you know, I have a lot of respect. You know, when I watch my guys in my band, sometimes we'll get a. Um, we'll be asked to do a dinner set and you know, we have maybe 10 or 15 jazz standards that we do. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so, you know, when we're asked to do a dinner set and the horns really like it because they love playing jazz and it is very interesting to me 
even though it's a dinner set, they, that they get to express themselves in this very meaningful to them way. You know, this is, this is what they grew up on. And it's kind of fun to watch them do that. It's not my music. And I, you know, I, I might play in one or two of those jazz songs. Well, Usually I just get out of the way and let them do what they do. Yeah. And I think that that's really cool. But, you know, I, I'd like to think that um, I spent a lifetime thinking about, you know, rock and roll and why rock and roll is so meaningful to people. And, and uh, you can't short shift that which made it wonderful. Maybe, you, I guess you can't do that in any discipline. But the thing is, when you're playing rock and roll, the uh, the dumbing down of rock and roll is feels um, it's like an insult, you know. It, You're that not saying that rock great. and roll is already dumbed down enough, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. At <laughs> no, all. I know I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. You got there? I don't know. I just throw, you know being snarky. Um, anyway, yeah. So success, you know, are we moving people? Are we making? You know, I yeah. guess everybody deserves the right to decide for themselves. Although I do insist that I'm right all the time, and so everybody deserves the right to follow what I say is is pretty much the best way to go. Oh, but, see, the difference is I learned a long time ago if everyone else defined success the same way I did, I'd be screwed. So I, I just need my success to be defined my own way, and then everybody else needs to follow kind of the the norms, and then I can fit in there <laughs> perfect, and it's great. <laughs> How deep? How deep? How deep? Yeah. No, it's true though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, we, we, we disagree. Uh, we disagreed last week on, on that concept. And I, I really think it's, it's because of a combination of our roles in the bands that we're in, which mm-hmm. are by design. And I think we've explored enough of our psyches to, to give people an insight into why that is. Um, and the frequency of gigs that we're looking for from our main projects, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, because if Fling was playing as much as the House Rockers are, I, I mean, I, I I wouldn't even consider taking other gigs. I couldn't. I just I just actually want people to understand that concept that if in your mind you join a band with the full intention, you know, even if it's not spoken about that, and that's that's a sin of omission on both people's it parts. It shouldn't. It should be spoken about. Yeah, that should be spoken about. But if you join a band knowing that you're going to have some subjective process by by whether you'll be available for gigs with that band, you are by definition making that band worse. When oh you're yeah. Out there. Yeah. Yeah. You're either making it gig less or, or be less right. at gigs. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and yeah, with fling, we're, we're actually very, um, it, it's, but it's interesting. We, we went through some of this, our keyboard player, uh, his, it was part of a company that was acquired by a company down in Connecticut, actually. So there's a lot of times when he's down there or traveling, and, uh, and so, you know, we've had some gigs we've had to turn down because of that. And then there've been gigs that we've taken. And at the last minute he calls and says, I'm stuck in, you know, whatever Phoenix. Cause I can't make it back. And, uh, you know, what do we do? Do we do the gig without him? And we have done the gig without him and it's, I mean, we can make it work. We've done actually three sets without him. It It's mm-hmm. fine. You know, there's an extra little bit of change on the table for each guy that, stepped up, you know, um, but we know it's not the greatest. And, and there've been a lot of times where he can't make it to a rehearsal, you know, I mean, all all kinds of things, but we value fling as it is. I certainly do. And and all the guys do that. That was the wrong way to say it, but we have had discussions about, well, do, if we want to play more frequently, uh, you know, do we replace him? And he's even suggested, you know, you might guys might want to find somebody else or rejigger the set so that it works with just four of you. It's like, well, to me, that's not, that's not fling. 
And um, enough of the people in the band kind of agreed with that. And it was like, yeah, okay. We're not going to, you know, a big part. Of, he brings a big part to it. He's a huge part of a lot of the harmonies. He's obviously plays the keys, which is in a, you know, you add keys to a two guitar, four piece rock band. And now a five piece with keys. It, it's a dimension, right? That right. that isn't there for a lot of bands. And, and he really is our secret weapon for a variety of reasons in that he he makes the rest of us better than we are without him. And um but I mean, I think that could be said of all of us in Fling, but um, which is why we, you know, we went round and round on it, but we finally made it the rule that no, we don't, if we, if at the last minute, if we have to t- do a gig without him, fine, you, you know, we'll, we'll address that at the time. But if we know he can't make it, we're not taking the gig. That's cool. Yeah. I guess the, the lesson for this is uh, successful bands are on the same page. Well, that's whether, it. Yeah. Whether you're on the same page about playing 20 times a month or the same page, you play once a month, everybody is committed to the same thing and is willing to support uh, the group to achieve the goals based upon that common understanding. Yeah. And I, I and that's that you said it, man. And, and, and your point about how it's on both parties. If you don't have that conversation up front, man, nothing could be more true. It, you, it, you have to, if you're not like explicitly, that's why I stopped you when you said in fling, there must be this tacit thing. It's like, there ain't nothing tacit about it. <laughs> you know, we talk about it because you have to, otherwise you're going to wind up with people being like, well, I guess the rest of the guys feel this way. So I better go along with it. It's like, no, screw that man. Ask. It's all good. You know, ask before it gets to be a thing. Cause it's not good after it gets to be a thing. No, once it gets to it's be a not thing, all good. it's no, it's never, I mean, it's so rarely does it end well when it gets to be a thing, right? Don't let that fester, man. Ah. No, fester. no fester, no festering. That's the rule. Band rule. Number one, no festering. All right. So have we, have we hugged it out, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, we have. I mean, I don't think there was actually much to hug out on this. I mean, we had our disagreement and, but I don't really think we're all that different. <laughs> I think we care about the, uh, the, the end product is what Absolutely. it is. Yeah. Feedback at giggabpodcast.com is where you can email us. Of course, Facebook seems to be the place for all of you. So facebook.com slash giggabpodcast. I'm feeling Paul, like yes. we should create, maybe, maybe it's time for us to create a Facebook group because our Facebook page is great for us to talk to our crowd the Facebook group doesn't really make it easy for our crowd to talk to each other. So a Facebook group or the Facebook page doesn't make it easy for our crowd to talk to each other, but a Facebook group might. Yeah. So I mean, we don't have all the answers. So if we can just create a place That's where it. people can share their experiences, answer each other's questions, give advice. Yeah. It's just about giving everybody what they need to be a better musician. That's it. And have, have more fun. Yeah. All right, folks, we will, uh, We'll uh, why we'll see you next week. That's just how it's going to be. Later. I hope you have a good week, Paul. You too, David. Thanks, brother. Thanks, brother.